This CIO Talk Radio Viewpoint is brought to you by Bosch Software Innovations. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio Viewpoints. And here is your host, Sunjog All. Welcome listeners, this is Sanjog All, your host, and the topic for today's conversation is making the most of the manufacturing value chain. And I have with me Jim Davis, Vice Provost of IT and Chief Academic Technology Officer with UCLA. How are you, Jim? Good afternoon. How are you today? Very good, very good. Things are good? Uh, well, the weather is perfect, and I've had a number of cups of coffee today. Great, great. And we have Jim Wetzel, who's the Technical Director in the Platform Center of Excellence with General Mills. How are you, Jim? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, and glad both of you have joined us on uh, this discussion on smart manufacturing. And uh, we will be looking forward to talking to you about this subject. And by the way, both of you as members of the Smart Manufacturing Leadership Coalition really bring a whole lot of value to this, and thank you so much for that. Now, as part of our series on connected manufacturing, we've talked a lot already about the Internet of Things and it, what it has the potential to do with manufacturing. And today, we've invited both of you to join over what the manufacturing value chain, everything from production to the finished good and disposal, might actually resemble. We'll share how data and connected devices will shake up the industry and what possibilities it suggests for the future. So, uh, Jim Wetzel, the question for you, I'll start with you here. The idea of interconnecting a manufacturing value chain and working towards demand visibility and planning is something manufacturers have already optimized within their existing models. But how can the Internet of Things elevate that connectivity? Well, Sanjig, that's a great question. You know, when I when I look at that, I would suggest that maybe the manufacturers haven't already optimized and that the Internet of Things really will elevate our connectivity through the concept of getting things more standardized and simpler and easier to do. So as we try to be more connected throughout the value chain, in the old model, it was very expensive to do this. It was complicated, took a lot of technical expertise to do. In the new model, as we move forward, it not only um, potentially has a lot of additional value, but if we can do that in a much cheaper, more standardized approach, it will dramatically change the ability to actually execute this across different enterprises within our plant networks uh, and across the globe. So, Jim Davis, uh, what do you think about this interconnecting uh, manufacturing value chain? I'll just build on what uh, Jim was saying. Uh, within the SMLC, we actually have a concept uh, which we call seams, and uh, this is basically these places where information or material flows have come to some kind of stop or break or inconsistency. And as we've examined these more and more, we see a lot of untapped opportunity, and that's actually one of the things we bring out in the value chain. But our untapped opportunity takes the form of performance, it takes the form of variability management, it takes the form of innovation, sustainability environment, uh, safety, chain of custody. So there's a whole variety of things that are just, as Jim was saying, there's a lot of room and a lot of untapped opportunity yet. Now, having everything connected in one seamless value chain is the idealized state that manufacturers have been working towards for some time. But why is this the dream? What end goal do you think the manufacturers have in mind otherwise? Well, I'll answer that, uh, uh, Sanjig. This is very easy for us. It, it's about speed and it's about inventory. So you think about the value chain and the speed of information that's needed to go from the from the farm to the fork or from the beginning of your, your idea to the commercialized product, that's all about money and profit. So if we can have that connected 
um, chain, that value chain from beginning to end, all connected, uh, working on all cylinders. It's about being more profitable. The second part of that is also being more nimble. And so as your uh, demand changes, being able to respond to that demand, being more agile, that's the dream. We just haven't necessarily connected our systems in such a way to, to allow us to achieve that dream. Now, Jim Davis, this is a question for you. Where is the value chain currently breaking? If at all, that is, we, we could say that it's breaking. How are certain components within this value chain either not providing full insight into processes, slowing the processes, or driving up costs? And what aspects can IoT handle and cover that? Well, let's see, I, I guess to uh, echo Jim, first of all, uh, we use the term agil- terms agility and demand dynamic performance over and over again. So this is really just some terminology relating to what Jim was saying. The answer to the question, though, of where, where uh, we, we call it the untapped opportunity, goes back to these seams. And these seams exist uh, uh, as a result of uh, having to cross companies. These seams exist as a result of uh, vendors or vendor, vendor products. They exist as a result of uh, organizational differences. They exist as a result of uh, just uh, the material or operations that are needed to move whatever is going forward from a manufacturing standpoint. But as, as Jim was saying, We've done a number of studies across multiple companies, multiple industries, multiple value chains, and the pattern shows up relatively stable. You know, it it is interest in this uh, demand for minimal inventory. It's really working with the chain of custody, making dynamic adjustments. It's being able to forecast, you know, control the premium control premium costs like freight and uh, having to move things around at last minute, uh, locking down on the commitments and remedying defects much, much in, in much better ways. But uh, the seams are what's blocking these kinds of things from happening. Now, Jim Wetzel, do you think there are any solutions which you can say are predictable in this regard, or this is still going to be a utopia that put in IoT and everything will be good? No, I don't think IoT alone will solve this. It's an enabler, but it won't solve it. On the smart manufacturing side, what we think is the key to this success is actually having a platform that actually allows these these solutions to be knitted together. So we talk about seams. The other thing we need to talk about is a platform to enable this future state. So I'll give you a quick example. If you have a company that they're best in class on optimizing inventory and they have statistical methods to do that, they might be really good at that application, but that application needs to be knitted into your ecosystem of manufacturing or your entire value chain. So how does that one solution provider knit together the rest of your value chain? They can't. They're good at what they do. So what we're trying to really go after in smart manufacturing is instead create a platform that allows these applications to play in so that you can continue to have your Internet of Things. You can, t- you can continue to have your application specialties, the people that really have specific knowledge in particular areas. But the challenge is to make it successful in a manufacturing value chain is to knit all these things together and figure out how they can communicate and collaborate together. If I may, yep. I, can, I can add to that too. Um, the uh, idea of the platform really also does depend on return on investment. And one of the things that uh, we are seeing when one looks at this from a value chain perspective is that the return on investment, when you look at it as an independent company, is, is actually much, much more difficult to justify because it's, it's comprehensive. It requires multiple players at the same time. Uh, we're seeing that the information technology that needs to be deployed before you can even add any value to the value chain is, is actually very expensive. So the platform goes toward um, cutting that, that infrastructure cost. 
within the U.S., much of the uh, manufacturing base is older. Uh, there's there's a significant installed base and IT investment already there. It's actually quite sizable. Uh, we estimated at about $60 billion. So we're in a retrofit situation. And then one other thing I think Jim was alluding to is the platform drives down risk. There is risk with uh, trying to develop these models, build up the skill sets, and so forth. The platform actually drives this risk down so that it's manageable for small, medium, and large companies. So, Jim Wetzel, this is a question for you. Do you think there is equal motivation for all parties who would then say, okay, we are going to collaborate and invest and jointly or mutually benefit from this transformation? Do you think there are any obvious stumbling blocks which we'll have to get over before this dream would become a reality? Well, a few key words there, um, equally and motivated. I think, I think across the value chain, people are motivated. I'm not so sure it's equal. It's not equal on their ability to invest. It's not equal on their ability to get involved from an education or a technology standpoint. And so when, when we, we've taken a look at this, there's such a large variety in scale from the small player to the large player, their capability to adapt to and stay current with technology. So really to, to drive this smart value chain, this concept of Internet of Things and truly make it happen, We've got to address the landscape across all players. And so how do you get that small guy that, that may or may not be sophisticated with an Excel spreadsheet or a fax machine or the large person that, that has uh, electronic data exchange and has fully networked uh, everything and, and all of their systems are just looking for a standard to connect to? And how do you make that ecosystem work? That is really the challenges. And so as you think about these point solutions or these small areas, it's really, they're really kind of crying out for a way to connect and collaborate and invest towards the whole thing being connected. And I think that's fundamentally what our challenge is. So Jim Davis, question for you, how should manufacturing value chain players go about funding this endeavor incrementally? Where do you think they should start putting their dollars, time and effort? Let me answer that partly, and I think Jim Wetzel needs to jump in on, on that one as well from his industry industry perspective. The SMLC has, has examined that question pretty in-depth and uh, with the basis that Jim just uh, talked about. But one of the things that we've come around to is, is the idea of open architecture. And for this kind of technology to be accessible to the small and medium companies or companies that really have not had the opportunity or the uh, chance to invest in these kinds of technologies and then cover the full gamut for those companies that have invested heavily. The notion of open architecture is a way to uh, build this platform so that there's full access and then have access to technologies at the level that you need them, at the time that you need them, and with the sophistication at, relative to the problem you're trying to deal with. So we, we do believe that open architecture is a way to proceed and it'll allow for these dollars to be invested in the right place at the right time relative to uh, where companies are. Another aspect of open architecture to us is not only just access, but it's also the exposure of data to applications and various tools and how they're used and how they're best used and so forth. We believe that uh, providing access at, at, uh, at an appropriate level to that kind of data, which is not the IP, you know, not the proprietary kind of data relative to the company, will also help the industry in a significant way and will make those dollars that uh, the companies need to invest to take this on go much, much farther. So I'll answer the question with this open architecture concept. And if I could so, add, if I could just quickly add on that, it would, and I would say, you know, how should manufacturing uh, value chain players go about funding this endeavor? I would say, don't do it alone. 
this problem is too big for any one company to solve, and that's why we'd suggest get involved in a coalition. And we'd also suggest get involved in our coalition of smart manufacturing leadership coalition. But you can't do this alone. The problems are too big. We we need to be able to connect a broad spectrum of solutions to actually uh, achieve this vision. So funding it incrementally, doing it 100% on your own will not be successful. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And uh, let's talk about the challenges that we may have with the architecture that may be in place today and what would we expect the architecture to be in order for us to have all these different pieces network together. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio Viewpoint. Welcome back. So one of the challenges of having everything connected is that there are so many moving parts and it's tough to identify an architecture stable enough to keep it all networked together. So is an IoT manufacturing solution equipped for something like this? Uh, This is a question for you, Jim Wetzel. Well, you just hit on one of the hardest issues that we've got here at General Mills and we probably also have across the industry. Getting that architecture appropriate for networking this together so this uh, IoT solution actually works is the million-dollar challenge. That's what we're trying to solve with our smart manufacturing platform, but it absolutely is is the problem of the day. It is moving all the time. Things do keep advancing. Technology keeps changing. And so how do you do that? And, you know, I think you heard from Jim Davis earlier in the session that we think that the answer is around open systems and how we have that open architecture connected. But this is really the fundamentally big challenge for us. Now, when we talk architecture, Jim Davis, uh, would you think that there is an... uh in a light at the end of the tunnel, or this will become that boiling the ocean problem which never sees daylight? I think the problem, as you say, has the potential to be one of boiling the ocean and not getting anywhere. But I also think it's possible to contain it or confine it so that there is a light at the uh, end of the tunnel. One of the ways we believe a good way to do this is to always turn to the practitioners and uh, build against an actual problem set, what the practitioner needs are, what the manufacturing needs are. If we stay within that space, then I think one can build toward solutions that have near-term benefits and then set up for the longer-term benefits as well. So, Jim Wetzel, this is a question for you. What about looking at all of this from an operational standpoint. Does operational performance within a connected manufacturing value chain vary depending on the degree of supply and demand integration? And if yes, to what extent? Yes, it, it really does. What I, what I talked about before is that, you know, you think about your, your manufacturing value chain and where's all your cost tends to be in inventory. 
whether it's raw materials or, or work in process or in finished product inventory. And so the varying degrees of the demand signals and the supply signals that you have, it really is going to drive a lot of this. So it, when I look at, at this the topic, it's really about the cycle time. What is the cycle time of your process from supply and demand? Is it in days? Is it in minutes? You know, and, it, and it depends on what business you're in. For us, it's in days. And how tightly integrated that supply and demand signal are truly, truly will drive your, your performance of your value chain. Now, Jim uh, Davis, this is for you. What are some of the pitfalls that would hinder uh, the value chain players who are participating from reaching the ideal state? And I'm assuming ideal state for them as a group as well as individually. Well, see, I think there's, I think there's several. One is in our discussions, we do use the term Internet of Things, but we also recognize that it's about the network layer and the ability to, uh, uh, we call it the integrated device layer, but it doesn't really get at the, the, the context or the objectives. And so one of the things that we consider to be a pitfall as well as an opportunity is kind of what I was saying before. We want to go, you want to go after this from you know, a business objective, a real metric, something that you really want to accomplish. So that's one big thing uh, we would recommend. The second one is one that uh, Jim mentioned earlier. There is a matter of readiness. So you don't want to go into too sophisticated level of a technology when you're not ready for it. And in fact, we find over and over again, some relatively simple kinds of uh, technologies actually produce really significant uh, benefit. There is the matter of risk, so staying simple uh, uh, works in favor of risk. And then another area which is very big and perhaps elephant in the room big is the cybersecurity, cyber attack space, because we are talking about web-based technologies. But all these do need to be taken into consideration and can become pitfalls. So, Jim Wedgel, do you have anything to add to these? Well, the only other item I would add uh, would be data accuracy. So you think about reaching this ideal state where we're fully connected. Do we actually believe the information that's being transferred over the pipe and that we're acting on? Because in this perfect world, in this future state, we're going to act on information in the speed that we get it. What if it's wrong? I'm now going to respond to a signal off of a sensor that's connected through the Internet of Things. It's connected into my manufacturing value chain that's telling me the wrong information. So how do we balance the technology with the people in the process? We need to solve that. Now, this is a very interesting thing that you mentioned because basically whenever you have a new disruption or when you introduce something which is maybe in this case a digitally powered enterprise, and this is again for you, uh, Jim Wetzel, do you think it is actually going to, in some cases, introduce some new challenges besides, of course, the data accuracy that you mentioned? Yeah, it absolutely will. We're going to have to behave differently because the things we didn't know before, we're we're now going to know. So it's going to to create some new problems and it's going to solve old problems, it's going to create some new problems, whether it be data accuracy, whether it be a focus on business analytics that we've never had before, whether it be insight into our process, whether it be value stream mapping and and actually trying to streamline some of our processes that we weren't able to streamline before. Having a connected digital enterprise gives us the opportunity to go after some of those things. And it's actually quite exciting at at the same side, you know, we'll have new challenges. Now, with respect to the members of the value chain that should be taking the lead during this evolution, Jim Davis, do you have any specific preference in the way a particular link in the value chain should be protagonist? Let's see, protagonist was the word I got uh, I, I got stuck on. Uh, the one thing I would say, though, is that uh, we're finding that 
collaboration is is actually a working word here. I know I know collaboration is used a lot, but uh, in, in this particular case, a real collaboration is essential. And and we are talking about collaboration uh, among practitioners, vendors, suppliers, platform providers, uh, universities. If those don't come together in a good way, this doesn't work very well. If they come together in a good way, it can work extremely well. So I'm not sure about protagonists, but this collaboration and, and uh, the relationships for that to work well are, are essential for this to, to uh, move forward in a positive manner. So Jim Davis said something very interesting where there's no protagonist, everybody's a collaborator. So Jim Wedgel, do you think that could create an issue with accountability? Yeah, it certainly does. You know, And maybe I'd answer the question slightly different than Jim Davis did. I would suggest that the folks taking the lead on this are, in, in our case, we'd use the word supply chain, but I would say that your manufactured value chain leaders. I would not have my IT people or my engineering staff be leading this effort. They're, they're clearly the people that can do it, and they're clearly the people that can architect it. Uh, I, but I think the, the, the people that need to lead it are the people that need to use it. And, and that would be our supply chain, value chain leaders. And, and to get them to, to champion the cause is what really needs to happen. So I think about people, process, and technology. Just having the technologist sit there and say, we're going to craft a better world isn't what's going to drive it. It's going to be the value chain leaders who want to truly transform manufacturing. If I can add to that, too, I, I just want to underscore what Jim was saying and, and also clarify that I was trying to go down the same path. We use the term industry-driven, and when things finally have to reach a decision, we always say it's got to be the uh, the practitioners are, are industry-driven. I was uh, previously just trying to emphasize, not, not not trying to defend, but emphasize that uh, for this to work, though, you do need to have that collaboration and the relationships for this to come together and also be responsive to this industry-driven decision-making. So both of you, in a way, mentioned that people who own the assets are the ones who should lead this or should be having better control on the profit pool. If, if that's the case, then what type of education needs to be imparted and or be embraced by these folks who own the assets so that they're not totally depending on folks who are going to be putting the technology there? Uh, Jim Wetzel, what's for you? Yeah, well, I would say the biggest issue is they don't know what's possible. So as you have leaders who are trying to be thought leaders and trying to try to move the shift the paradigm and really trying to have a value chain that's performing completely different than what we have today, how do they know what's possible? They can clearly lead stuff, but they don't know what's possible. So I think the education side is to kind of give them a glimpse of what technology can do, what people can do, and let them envision what the future can look like. If all they are stuck with is kind of all they see, I shouldn't say stuck with, but if all, all they see is what's been done in the past, it's very hard to envision a different future. So I think an education and a learning session is, is to really show them what's possible. Now, Jim Davis, question for you. What would you think would be the best strategy and the ways people or like businesses should be taking on the people from the domain expertise uh, as well as from the technology leadership to make this a success? How should they hire people? How should they build organizational structure? I'm going to answer this by just uh, uh, reiterating, in my own words, something that uh, Jim just Jim Wetzel just said. Uh, we've done a number of studies across companies, and uh, we've asked the question, uh, are you aware of smart manufacturing? And if you're aware, what have you done about it? And by and large, we see that the lar a large percentage is not aware of smart manufacturing. In fact, it comes out to be in the 85% range. 
So that goes to the awareness leadership point that uh, Jim Wetzel was making. Of the 15% though that are aware, what we hear is either they've taken the uh, technology on, and of those that have done something, the benefits have actually been, benefits reported have been significant, very significant, in fact, tremendous. The others that have not, it's always been, my company doesn't see the vision, or some leader in the company has not seen the vision, uh, or thinks it costs too much, and, and so forth. So I, I do believe that the starting point for this is just exactly what Jim Wetzel said, is that there does need to be a vision painted, and the leadership needs to buy into this, and then the other pieces can begin to fall together. Uh, Jim and I can talk at length about uh, other areas of uh, how do you bring the IT skills together with the operational skills and so forth. But if you're not starting with that leadership piece, it doesn't get off the ground. Jim Vegel, any final thoughts? Well, I agree very much with what Jim just said. And, you know, my final thoughts really are around as we try to envision a different place for manufacturing and a value chain that's that's fully connected. It's an aspirational vision. It's a, hopefully not a boil the ocean strategy, but with the technology as it's moved so fast in such a short, short time, as we've got Internet of Things now, as we've got a lot of technologies that we can only hope for are now commercially available. This actually is possible to happen. And so I guess I would, I would leave your audience with a, with a thought that we can do this. It's not just aspirational. The time is now, but it's going to take all of us kind of uh, working together to make a manufacturing value chain that, uh, that we all envision to be highly successful. Once again, thank you so much, Jim Davis and Jim Wetzel, for sharing your thoughts and insights on our Practitioner Viewpoint segment. And listeners, I invite you to find more conversations about connected manufacturing as part of our series at www.ciotalkradio.com slash connected manufacturing. Thank you for listening to CIO Talk Radio Viewpoints. For related programming, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. This CIO Talk Radio Viewpoint was brought to you by... Bosch Software Innovations.